you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. We have been talking about it's time to run. Isn't that right? And we talked about run to speak two weeks ago. And then Pastor Kimberly last week to wrap up Rock Conference was telling us to forsake all. And, and it's not one of those casual things like, oh yeah, I'm willing to forsake all. And I say that and I just go about my life doing whatever I want to do. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you the truth. That's what I do. And uh, so today, we're going to put some feet to this thing. Faith in action. Faith in action. And I want to start out with some testimonies. In fact, can we run that video first? I came back, I came to Arizona because of a better paying job and I came back to uh, here, to Ridgecrest, uh, because of a better paying job. And I didn't bathe those decisions in prayer. And I paid the price, not horribly anything, but like in my heart, I haven't been satisfied. And I think that's because I haven't been following him. I've been making decisions on my own and hearing other voices other than his. Why delay? You learn so much about his love for you. You just you make so many positive changes in your life that the delay is only delaying you from making a breakthrough in Christ and breakthrough with what God's wanting you to do. There's no reason to be on the fence, in my opinion, because I was on the fence and now I wish I would have done it so I would be through more levels. But I'm here where I want to, where God wants me now, and it's just the start. And there should be just don't delay. Just jump in. Don't put your toes in the water. Just jump in full body. Amen. We are full body jumpers around here. And uh, I'm excited to show testimonies like that. That, of course, was an Operation Solid Lives testimony from graduating level one, promoting into level two. And, uh, it, but it could be about anything. It could be about anything. Seeking the Lord while he may be found, being obedient, and why delay? Delaying only delays your best. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to welcome up because we're going to do live testimony as well. Not just video because, you know, maybe, maybe we put them up to that. Jacob, did we put you up to that? You asked me to do it. There you go. We gave opportunity, but yeah, we didn't we did strong arm them. And uh, th- there's a testimony, though, we want to say. And so, Gina, I'm going to give this to you. All right. And would you lead us through this testimony? Yes. Because we've got to hear the good things that God is doing. If he's faithful to his word, we've got to hear it. Amen. Yes. Well, I want to introduce you. This is my son-in-law, Paul's nanny. And this is her t- standing here today. And when we were singing that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, she is actually a miracle standing here today. Amen. And I just, um, so she's going to share a little bit about her testimony here today of why she's able to even walk up here today. So here she is. Gail, should we call you Nanny or? No, call me Gail. Gail, okay. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure. For the people. So for the call people. Me, just call me Gail. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let me go back to the beginning of this. Okay, um, let me move this. Because... About two or three months ago, about three or four months ago, I came up and asked Gina to pray for me. So Gina and my daughter and Melanie and two other ladies prayed because I was having a heart problem. And did they not know what they were praying for? <laughs> anyway, uh, December 3rd came and I went in for my angiogram. 
Right in the middle of it, I had a full-fledged heart attack and ended up with open-heart surgery. Then I went home five days later, and my lungs gave out because I have COPD and asthma, and I couldn't move. I totally could not move because they kept me there for three weeks just flat to heal my heart and my lungs. And the Lord said, I was getting discouraged. And my daughter called my grandson, Paul, and he laid over my legs at the hospital, and he prayed and he prayed. And then I could feel the Lord saying, Shh, I'm not done with you yet. Because I was just thankful that he saved my life, because when I went and flatlined, I don't remember nothing. And my son said, did you see a light? I said, I didn't see anything. I don't know what happened. Because for three hours in surgery, the doctor had to massage my heart because it wasn't beating right. Anyway, if I went somewhere and the Lord brought me back, I mean, he did bring me back, I don't know where I went. And it's because we're not supposed to see heaven and come back. Maybe I've seen it, and, but I don't remember. But anyway, I just got so angry at myself because I felt like for a minute I was giving in to Satan and letting him say, no, you're never going to walk. But that's not what happened. You want to take this? Yes. Praise the Lord. The devil's a liar. Gail is walking, and we thank you for sharing it with us. Praise the Lord. I praise the Lord every day, because without the Lord, I would never have been here. Yes. I would have never been walking. I wouldn't even be here, because when I flatlined, he would have just took me home. And so every chance I get, I tell everybody, never doubt what the Lord can do. Amen. Like that song, he still performs miracles. We read in the Bible when he performed and healed the blind man and the crippled man, but he still does them today. Amen. Amen. Bless God. Gina, I want... Oh, careful. All righty. And uh, Gina, would you just uh, help us understand a little bit about the process that you were going through while all this drama was going on in the operating room and at the hospital and all that? What was happening so-called behind the scenes? Okay, behind the scenes. Um, Well, as she was went to surgery... Of course, Paul that morning had said, hey, Nanny's going into surgery. Um, can you just, can you lift her in prayer today? Just be, you know, fast in prayer today. And absolutely, there were many, Melanie was, um, many of us praying. And at that time, um, Paul had texted me like, oh my gosh, my Nanny just flatlined. We, we, need, a, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. And so in that, um, we just, we got, just went before the Lord and just in the spirit fought, literally fought. And so in that, um, it was so beautiful to just see the glory of God and what he's done in in this and to see her walking up here today. But there was definitely um, that day that was such an emotional day, but such a process, but um, God, it showed his glory at come the end of the day. And then also, even in that, when she got discouraged, um, she was in the, um, the aftercare home. And there was a time, you know, um, in that. And 
Susan um, came and just prayed and spoke and declared life over her. And also um, just people bringing in resources. Um, Melanie brought her iPad and so she can hear, um, she can listen to sermons, she can listen to worship music and all those things that just literally lifted her spirits. And um, again, we get to see the glory of God through it. So amen. 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 Bless God. See, we're applauding for the Lord doing amazing things. We're, we're giving him glory when we clap. And, when we, and, and I think, Gina, we're also thanking you. And Melanie, we're thanking you. And, and Paul, wherever you are, we're thanking you. Paul's working today. Um, we're thanking you for being obedient to the Scriptures because there is a way to get your prayers answered. And most people don't receive answered prayer. Just like the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. God says, ask. You think I won't give it to you? He's like, you're evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your children, right? <laughs> God doesn't mess around. He's like, I'm not evil. I'm good. How much more am I going to give you good things? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about lifting your spirit. It's just the one. That spirit connected with the Holy Spirit, raised. Praise God. So testimony. We were running to speak in weeks past, and... Uh, Today, kind of following in that same vein, I'm just, I'm going to open the Bible here, and we're going to open to Matthew, so if you want to do that, we're, we're definitely going to Matthew, and we're definitely going to Acts, cool? <laughs> so you can start there, and I'm just going to walk us through kind of slowly, and we'll get there, and we'll see how this all works. It occurs to me that we do a lot of lecture in the church. Anyone been to college courses? A lot of lectures, but then there's some of those classes you got to get to the lab. We got to get in the lab, church. So today, welcome to the rock lab. I know I'm excited too. Hold your place in Matthew 13. I'm going to put a marker there, and then turn a few books later to the book of Acts. Acts seven. I dig this so hard. So I named my son Stephen. Well, the latest one. I said that wrong. The last one. The last one. Just to put, you know, you got to, how forceful are right words. <laughs> and so uh, Stephen, because in Acts 7, you see that, that heading there? Stephen's address. And here's what Stephen does. Stephen is making a defense He's giving a reason, he's giving an answer why Jesus is the business. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is necessary for you. And he's telling his contemporaries, and even, oh, look in verse 2. I love how he starts this. Such a, a compassionate man. Brethren and fathers. Brothers and fathers, listen. He, he's entreating them, please listen to me. And it's not like, listen, you dirty so's and so's, I got something to tell you, you stiff necked. You know, <laughs> he didn't start out that way. He's inviting them to like really hear and listen to the truth because I've got something to say that's going to change things if you'll embrace it. Now, they had a hard time with that, and uh, we'll get to that as we go. But he starts off and he talks about Abraham, he talks about covenant. And he's talking to a people who understand covenant, 
God's chosen people, and they have had covenants forever. They've had covenants forever. God's making covenants with people. And so with Abraham, he's saying, check out this covenant. And this is Abraham's story, and he just kind of recounts what they all know very, very well. So he's starting out with common ground. Do you see it? Not only is he tender towards them, he's not uh, accusatory (laughs) yet, but he starts off very gently. Brethren and fathers, listen to me. I got to tell you something. And then he seeks common ground. He finds it in this covenant with Abraham that they all know. They go down, and he talks about Joseph in Egypt. So Abraham, the covenant that God made with Abraham, remember he walked in the figure eight and the whole thing, right? Does everyone remember this? Okay. And he goes there, Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named, uh, anyone? Jacob. And Jacob has a son that he really likes, he really prefers. Joseph, that's right. And then Benjamin comes along and he likes him too. Uh, The other ten, less so, uh, unfortunately for them. But uh, anyway, he has this, there's there's a, you can read about it. So Joseph goes through a whole ordeal. Does anyone remember all these things that Joseph goes through? And he has this call of God on his life. Oh, God is going to do something spectacular with this young man. And he knows it. He's 17 at the time. And he knows it. And he starts talking about it. Good for him. But be wise also, you know, especially when people aren't really so excited about you, you know, being in charge over them. Remember the younger brother telling the older brother what's going on? That never goes well. That never goes well. And it's the same in our hearts. <laughs> we learn in OSL, the older brother being tutored by the younger brother, the one born later, when you have a born again spirit, your soul's like, wait, 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 I was here all this time. I know how things go. I got this pretty well down. And the spirit's like, you have no clue what you're doing. You're desperately wicked. (laughs) Like, you got to follow me. Listen to the Spirit. And so this is what's going on. Joseph's brothers hate him for it. And even his folks are not quite on board with his dreams, right? Even the sun and the moon are going to bow down to me. Oh, really? Oh, are we? And so they throw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. They throw him in a pit. They're going to make some money, right? The Ishmaelites coming by. Let's sell him. All right, so he gets in the pit, and he goes to Potiphar's house. He's a slave, and then Potiphar's wife. He's doing everything great. He's being raised up to the highest position, so much so that Potiphar doesn't even know what's going on in his house. The only thing he's concerned about is eating. That's the only thing. And Joseph is not going to, despite Potiphar's wife's insistence, and regular frequent requests to get together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, no, not going to do it. Uh, you know, just, just, you know, many ages in the room. So we just got to, you know, keep it. And so he says no. And then one day, though, he's in a compromised position and he, they're, they're alone right? And, and she grabs a hold of his garment, his outer garment, and he flees because he's like, I'm not doing this. And then she lies on him and says, she lies about him, I should say. It's probably more accurate. Lies about him uh, in the context of how the Bible puts it. And so, uh, and, you know, her husband believes her, of course, and he gets thrown in prison. And so now he's back at the very bottom, is in this pit. You know, it's just over and over and over. And, he, and Joseph has got to feel at some point like, well, 
well, you told me all this stuff. I, th- I saw the 11 bowing down to me and the sun and the moon. I, all this, what's happening? Where is it already? Because I'll tell you what, this is not a career path right here. This is not a trajectory that successful people walk. Little did he know that all this preparation, and he would even come around and testify later, but before that, so he's in the prison now, lowest to the low. And he gets exalted in that place, serving the captain of the guard. So now he's running the prison. God clearly has a call on this young man's life, but it's not time. It's not time. And Joseph would make it time, wouldn't he? Who's read this story? Joseph would make it time. But he's not going to do it. Well, he's not going to be allowed to do it anyway. And thank God that he's not allowed to make it time and just push through his agenda. Get Oh, no, the, the Lord spoke to me. And so this is happening Get used to it. And don't, can we get that attitude? Come on, can we get that attitude? And can we even get the, I, get the concept without putting on the attitude? Yeah, we can still have that thought and not have the attitude, but it's still wrong. What we have to do is follow through to the Lord what exactly he is speaking in the timeline he's speaking it. Because there comes a time that two guys get thrown in the prison, Pharaoh's upset with them. And it's the, the baker and the butler. And they have these dreams. And so the butler tells Joseph the dreams. And Joseph said, well, God will give me the interpretation of your dream. Lay it on me. And so he had, it, didn't, it doesn't say lay it on me. in the. It depends on what version you get, I imagine. But uh, New King James definitely doesn't say that. And uh, Keldon, you, you want that version, don't you? All right. Well, you study and maybe you'll write it. All right. And... Uh, so he's there, and he tells him the dream, and Joseph interprets by the power of God, and he says, okay, in three days, Pharaoh's going to come to his senses, let you out of here, and you'll get back to your post. And when you do, get back to your post, because this is not right for me. I didn't do it literally and figuratively. Get me out of here. Tell Pharaoh so he can pull me out of this dungeon. I'm innocent. Remember me when you get restored to your place. Because surely, I've got big things to do for God. It's time. It's, it's got to be time. Isn't it time? Isn't it about time? Joseph thinks so. And then, of course, the, you know, the baker asks, and the baker gets killed, and that's not going to go. So he's, he can't remember him to Pharaoh anyway, so he, Joseph doesn't even waste his breath, right? But he told the guy that's going to get restored, listen, remember me. And the first thing that the butler does when he gets restored to his post is forget about Joseph. He forgets all about him. This is a massive thing. I've never been to prison, praise the Lord, but I imagine I'd like to get out if I was there. You too? Amen. And so you you lay the groundwork. You lay the foundation. Listen, just do whatever you got to do. Tell Pharaoh, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> and he doesn't. And then two years later, still in prison, 
How, how would you feel if it's two years later? You would feel like, mmm. I heard, mmm. How would you feel if it was two years later and you're still in prison? Mmm. No, really? Oh, yeah, I think we get it. You'd feel like, mmm. Okay, so here it is. But, but this is the time where Pharaoh's going to have a dream, and all of a sudden, this is what clicks in the butler's mind. Aha, you know what? There was some guy that interpreted a dream for me one time, and it was pretty good. It worked out. Uh, because I'm trying to serve Pharaoh really, really well and look good myself, right? I know a guy. Hey, I know a guy. And so he's like, there's this, this young man in prison uh, and getting less young by the day. Is that true? You can see your opportunity just flitting away. As all this time goes by and you're in the lowest of the low estates, you know, and then the Lord raised you up and then right back down to nothing or worse. What's happening? So Joseph gets brought before the Pharaoh, hears his dreams, interprets his dreams, and just casually suggests, you know what, if this is what you need to do, just find somebody really wise that you know, can help you through this mess, this famine that's coming. You need someone wise. And of course, you know, he's thinking, standing right here yeah i shaved and everything for this meeting you know like yeah, right that's what the bible says he got all dolled up and went before the pharaoh he's not going to have some urchin coming in stinking up the place right so he got ready he came in he did what the lord gave him to do and he said appoint over this business someone really wise and pharaoh appoints joseph so now in the whole land of egypt joseph is top dog only pharaoh is above him everyone must bow the knee and do the whole thing it's a huge deal so joseph goes from the bottom to the top but it took a long 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 time in circumstances that weren't even pretty started looking pretty good and then it was awful again started looking pretty good and then it was awful again is it any different with us? No. Because no matter what your trajectory is or what timeline it is, God's saying, I have a plan. Stick with me. You never have to lose a battle if you stick with me. And your perspective, how you're seeing it matters, doesn't it? How you're seeing God's call in your life and where he situated you and all that. I talk a lot about us being family here at church because I've tapped into something that has never really been clearly defined to me, but it's all over the scripture. Where there is a way that church is supposed to operate as, you know, even as we know it. And there's some really deep things like Laura and I have been talking about, and there are some some hidden things, but they're hidden so we can dig them out. And I'm finding them and, and how we relate to one another and the ability to encourage one another even in the midst of this. You know, it's it's not just I keep telling people it's not binary. It's not off and on. There's all this space, and there's all this space, and there's all this space. It's like God is, you know, how multidimensional. And so time, we can see our destiny and time in a certain way, and God's like, nah. I got, I got the time just right for you. Don't worry about it. 
Stick with me. Okay, so that takes us to when? Oh, my page flipped. Sorry. Back at 7. So that was verse 9. We didn't get very far. I'll, I'll speed it up. And then, and then he talks. <laughs> so that was Joseph. All that to say that was Joseph. But you know what? There's something in it for somebody. God delivers Israel by Moses. So you're talking about Moses and how that whole thing happened. And he's 40 years old and he's 80 years old. And there's all of this. And then the water's parting, like we talked about this morning. All of this history happens. And he's just going down the church history that they know so well. They know it so well. And he's just saying, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Israel rebels against God. Uh-oh. And so now here, here's the shift. Here's the turning point. And then God's true tabernacle is the next heading. Israel resists the Holy Spirit. It's like you killed the prophets. We keep, we keep doing this to ourselves. We keep rebelling against God. We keep rejecting God. We, we keep digging ourselves this pit. Let's stop. Especially now, because Jesus has come on the scene and I'm trying to tell you about him and how he's the fulfillment of everything that we've been looking for. Everything you've always said that you wanted, here he is. And then the next heading is Stephen the martyr. Spoiler alert. Stephen's about to get it because they don't like what he's saying. They're not ready to change their ways. They're not ready to embrace the Messiah. They were cut to the heart. So the word is doing its work. The truth is, is piercing. And they're cut. But instead of submitting themselves to it, they, they rebel. And they kill him. Our lives, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. But whoever, whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And I believe that it's very real in natural terms and even more importantly in spiritual terms. We have a stewardship of our lives that is not meant to be saved, but it's meant to be offered to the Lord to use. However you want to do it. Oh, I'm in this prison. Okay. Well, show me what's next. Here we go. So that is Stephen in Acts 7. Now look at Acts 8, 25. And we're going to put this on the screen. I'm going to walk through this. Starting in verse 25. So when they had testified, someone say testified, and preached. Okay, say preached as, as strongly as you say testify. Say testify. testify. Say preached. preached. There you go. The word of the Lord. Not, they don't just preach anything. They preach the word of the Lord. They returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Many people who aren't connected in that same way. And they have a whole history and it's not great. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Someone say, this is desert. This is desert. You know that's right. So he arose and went. Good on him. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot... He was reading Isaiah the prophet. What have we been studying recently in Isaiah 60? Yeah. 
Arise and shine. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness is going to cover the earth. Deep darkness is going to cover the people. But I'm shining all over you. If you'll just arise and let your light be seen. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Where am I? He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. I've told you before. Here goes Philip. By the way, I'm going to call this message Sprint First. It's Time to Run is the series, and I'm going to call this message Sprint First. Sprint First. This is what God told him to do. This is what's happening right around him. Run after it. Just run. And he runs fast because he overtakes the chariot. Is that true? So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Don't miss this. Come sit with me. We're just going gonna to slow this thing way down. I don't have to get back right now. Let's just do this. Explain to me what I'm reading. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. That's where they were in the Bible. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth. Say, Philip opened his mouth. That's what it takes. He opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Okay, so they got far enough into this thing that he knows he should be baptized. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. I love that. Philip is not just reaching out for some quick convert kind of situation. He's like, listen, if you make Jesus... Lord, if you believe that God raised him from the dead, then yes, you'd be saved and you'd be baptized right now, happy to do it. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Look, he wasn't done because he got this one guy saved and baptized. He wasn't done. He kept on preaching. That's what we got to do. And it would be good to start with the one that we get saved. Isn't that true? Yes, it is. In Matthew 13, I want to show you, because look, this is what Philip did. And we took all the time to read it. And they just slowed it down. He started right at that scripture and he preached Jesus. He just said, this is what's up. And the guy received. Can I get baptized? That's huge. If someone starts asking you, hey, can I get baptized? You're going to be freaking out, doing a happy dance. You'll be so thrilled with yourself. I, I did it. Jesus, ah, we did it. And that's the regular life we should be living. Now, I'm going back to Matthew. I'm just going to reference some things. Uh, if you look at Matthew 13, all kinds of parables that Jesus is speaking. And so... You'll see Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. 
And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he, does all, he speaks all these things that they would understand that's near to them, that's even visible to them, or that they encounter in their everyday lives. He doesn't get all obscure. He just brings them right to what they understand and what they can deal with right then. Kingdom is heaven like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Great. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. We get that. Kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, and that's how Jesus is doing it. All right, now can we go back to Acts 2? I know this is kind of biblical aerobics here, but let's get to Acts 2. Just put our eyes on it real quick, real quick. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he's out there preaching to the people. The Holy Spirit has fallen on the people. Now, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's prompted out into the streets, and he's preaching to the people. 3,000 people get saved that day. The church is born. This is an amazing day. And Peter, in verse 22, men of Israel hear these words. Kind of like what Stephen said, right? Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Okay, so he talks about this is Jesus. He was amazing, and you killed him. So Peter's going right into it. But he, he's putting it right there. But he's saying this is, it's just basic. He's not going into all these other doctrines. He's not going into complicated things. He's going into what is going to make the difference right then. And now so many of them are cut to the heart, but they do it a different way. What must we do, what must we do to be saved? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. So Peter delivers the message in a way that they can hold on to. This is what I'm getting at. And this is the sprint. The sprint. How, anyone know how long a marathon is? 26 Point two miles. That's a, a lot of miles. No, thank you. In the natural, in the natural, in the natural. Uh, but a sprint, I might be able to pull off a sprint. A, a, sprint one, maybe. Okay? Just, you know, how in shape or out of shape I am. So I, I can see it. So there's London, right? And I see him. All right. Go, ah, and here I'm going to, you know, I'm going to London, right? I can, I can go as fast as I can, and London's right there. I see him. I see the end result. It's right here. It's close. And what I'm saying is, set your eyes on what's close. Sprint first. Sprint first. Set your eyes on what's close. You have people all around you looking for a reason to be hopeful in something. Talk about the great joy in that city where all these miracles were done. People want great joy. People need healing. People need deliverance and rescue and restoration. They're all around you. You are them sometimes. I am them sometimes. Run to that. You have not because you ask not. Ask. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, we're putting it into practice in the ways that we know to do it, and then God shows up. Wow. Mind blown. It should be commonplace. Sprint first. Paul might call them the hot leads in business. 
Go after your hot leads first. Okay, moving on. I was planning on going to Acts 10. I want to show you this. So Pentecost, that was a huge day. We all agree. Huge day. Thank God for it because here we are. The church started that day. And now there's another huge day, also in the life of Peter. Man, it pays to follow Jesus, doesn't it? So there's this man, Cornelius. He's praying, and he says, you gotta, you got to find this Peter guy and bring him. Listen to what he says. So he sends for him. Peter, in the meantime, is praying, and he has a visitation from the Lord, and God tells him, listen, get on up. Arise, <laughs> Peter. Kill and eat. He's like, wait, wait, wait a second. What do you mean, kill and eat? I've never eaten anything that is not kosher. Again, it doesn't say kosher, but you know what I'm saying, right? Hebrew national only for me. No, that's not right. That doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. But uh, Hebrew national hot dogs. We were just talking about the hot dogs at the house, so it's on my mind. Um, where were we? I got to get back to the scripture. So, did anyone just get hungry? <laughs> Talk about that men's barbecue. All right, here we go. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, I've never eaten anything unclean. And the Lord said, look, don't call common what I've cleansed. I'm calling it clean. You call it clean. I don't care what your tradition says. I don't care what your doctrine says. I'm laying out this thing. Do it. And then these people come to the door, Gentiles, and they say, our master wants you to come and speak to us. And so Peter goes and he says, this is what the Lord has done. He's told me that you're in. You're welcome into the family. You're not Jewish? No problem. And then, of course, they wrestle through that. You know how that all goes. And Peter even gets, he has to kind of learn it again. And Paul teaches him (laughs) publicly about that. Um, You know, maybe I wouldn't have done it that way necessarily, you know, just like called him out in front of everybody. But Paul did. And uh, so now the Gentiles get a chance to be saved. Praise the Lord. That was a huge day. Pentecost is a huge day. This day is a huge day. And you see these big things. And Peter is saying, let's just find it in the scripture. I'm going to look at my notes. 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he's Lord of all, that word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Get it. This is good news. And notice how short it was. This is the message he preached, and it was enough. Someone say it was enough. enough. And you know what I want to tell you today? You have enough. You already have enough. So what God is going to ask you to do, 
You already have enough to accomplish it. And a lot of us don't realize that. But I didn't go to Bible college. And God's like, so? But I only recently just started going to church or going back to church. And God's like, so? It's like, well, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even a leader. I don't even have any, like, position here. And God's like, so? But I'm not bald and I don't have a beard. So? See, <laughs> God is not worried about the things that we worry about. Right? No one gave me a microphone. So? You ain't no microphone. I gave you a voice and I put my word in your mouth. Ooh. Joshua says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. I love it. That, that, and that's where it is. Okay, now I get to testify to you, and I've been looking forward to this. Mom, you don't know this. <laughs> All right. Because you were sleeping. And it's okay. You should be sleeping at 1.30 in the morning. Amen? You know, there's all kinds of badness people get up to at night. So go to sleep. Um, why I was awake, that, that's, it was fine. This is a spiritual thing. I was, I was awake in the, for the spirit. Just kidding. I was watching Star Trek. All right. Um, I hear, everyone's asleep in the house except me. And I hear at the front door, I was like, oh, here we go. 1.30 in the morning at the door. And I'm a little bit concerned because we live in a gated community. I'm like, how is someone going to even get in here? Nevertheless, I mean, Philip was taken, right? Boop. <laughs> he got in. And here he is at the door. And so I rise from my bed, get the baseball bat. I'm not stupid. Anyway, I, I, I uh, get the shutters, take a look. There's only one of them. And so I open the door. What do you want? Just like that. I know you're, you're thinking, you? You're so kind all the time, gentle? <laughs> Catch me at 1.30 in the morning, I guess. <laughs> what do you want? And, I mean, because I'm in my pajamas. I got I to gotta do something to be, you know, intim- somewhat intimidating. And I got to come up in here. All right, what do you want? And he starts telling me, I don't know where I am. I'm cold. I'm scared. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aw. So I say, all right, you have a seat right there. We have chairs out in front of our house. I say, you have a seat right there. I'll be right back. I shut the door. I go in and I get him something to eat. I, I, quick. I just, I get a Mountain Dew, which you know, is like liquid gold <laughs> for me. So, I, you know, just, hey, the best of the best, right? And yeah, yeah. And, and I, get, I get him a bag of chips. I'm, I'm reaching for whatever I can that's quick because I also need to find him a blanket. I gave away one of our blankets. All right. And so I go get him a blanket and I look for a good one. I look for a, a warm and comfy and fuzzy one. It was, it's the red one. And so uh, I love that one. I love that one. We have a red and a gray and a purple one and they're all the same style. I think that we got them from Costco. They're wonderful. Anyway, so we got, now we're down to two. Uh, 
anyway, so I, I get out there and I, I give them the blanket and I give them the chips and I give them the Mountain Dew and I say, and, and I sit down. I say, all right, tell me about this. And he's, he's like there. I said, no, I said, put the blanket on first. There's no reason you staying cold, you know, while we chat. You're here. So anyway, we're talking. And he's going through his, his story. And I'm just trying to figure out what is even going on. What's going on with you right now? Because I want to be ready for anything. How'd you get here? Uh, I don't know. Where'd you come from? Stater Brothers. How'd you get there? I mean, I'm just, I'm walking it back. However, I can figure this thing out. Well, my mom dropped me off. When? I don't know. I said, was it light outside or dark outside? He said, the voices in my head are telling me it was three o'clock. And right away, I'm dialed in. That just made everything, in, put everything in clear focus for me. And so now I know what I'm meant to do. And I don't love it. Can I just be honest with you? I don't love it. I don't love I, all of this. I'm not a huge fan of from the start. Right? But Star Trek, get it right. Someone tried to say Star Wars up in here, ruin my whole story. All right. I'll mess with you, Will. <laughs> All right. Are you still with me? Okay. So I know that there is something going on inside this young man we have to deal with in the spirit. And so I move us from the place where, you know, people sleeping in the house can hear. And so we go right to the street. Uh, oh, by, by the way, I should, I should say, I'm trying to get this right for you to have the perspective. Uh, I say, who dropped you off? My mom dropped me off. Okay. What's her phone number? And he knew it. Praise the Lord. And so we call on the phone. I, get, I go back and get my phone. I said, we'll call her. I put her on speakerphone so he can hear her voice and she can hear him if he chooses to speak. I identify myself and I've got your son here. And she's, oh, thank God, oh my God, you know, like, and she's, I've been freaking out, you know, all this and that. And I said, well, here's where I live. Where do you live? Okay, that's going to be about 20 minutes. She said, I'm coming right now. Great, we'll be here when you get here. Just come. And uh, told her how to get in. And so we're there, and now, so now we walk down to the, the sidewalk. And I'm looking at this man who's, he's scared. He doesn't know anything. And I, I just start speaking. I said, there are voices in your head that there is, a, and I, oh, I asked him, I said, are they demons? And he said, well, some of them are good and some of them are bad. So, yeah, those of you who know this know that that's the second indicator because, you know, no one, Satan never comes up and he's like, what's up? Everything's cool. I mean, that's, that's what he always does. Everything's cool. Right? So you're going to think, I'm good. He's a liar and the father of lies. All right, so I know we have to get these devils out of them. And so I look him in the face, right in his eyes, and I say to the demonic forces at work, in the name of Jesus, I bind you on this earth by the authority he's given me, you must come out. Be silenced. Speak no more and come out of him. 
Kind of simple. That's what the Word says. So I do it. Super Christian. And I say, how do you, what are you hearing now? And he's like, unsure. I'm like, well, we're not going to leave it here. Remember Jesus tried to heal that one guy? He's like, yeah, I kind of see. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Let's do it again. So I did it again. And I lay my hand. Will, would you mind? Your hair looks so good. I don't want to mess it up. But. So I, I did this. I put my hand on his head. I'm looking him in the eye still. Look at me. And, and I do the whole thing. I go through it all again. And then he says, oh, you can see like there's a, there's a shift. And he's, he's at peace. And he starts talking in, in words like that. So to move this story along. And I said, now, there is, your, your insides are all cleaned up. But you've got to fill it with something good. Or else you're in jeopardy. You're vulnerable to seven times worse coming in and messing with you. Trying to take your life. And I said, what it takes. So I let salvation and the filling of the Holy Spirit right there on the spot. We had 20 minutes. And, and what, you know what I didn't have to talk about? Was the Trinity. And you know what I didn't have to talk about? Was original sin. And I didn't have to, you know, I said, and I was talking to him because I know that he was, he was already scared, you know, and whatever he knows, but he didn't know any of this. I said, have you heard, have you heard about this? No. But like now he's like, no, but I want to. Yes, I, I, I asked, do you want to do this? Yes, I want, I want that. Praise God. Just innocent, beautifully innocent. But nevertheless, taken over by the devil to do his will. And find yourself without, without security, with, you know, without presence of mind, the whole thing. So we go through it, and we're just outside waiting for his mom to come. And I'm looking at the stars. I said, it's so beautiful out here. God made all of this. He made the earth, and he made the heavens, and he made the stars. He made the sun and the moon, and we would have light at all times, you know, greater in the day and lesser at night. And he made you, and you're now a son of God. And I just, it's, it seems so basic. But you know what? God's like, so? Basic is what was necessary in that moment. And I didn't have to run a marathon with this young man to get it done. I just had to sprint. I had to be willing to lace up and start running. Because I, if I waited, where's my opportunity? What if I never see him again? Oh, I should say this. As we were walking down, um, he, had, he had said something, uh, and I said, well, you came to the right place. I happen to be a specialist in this. And I don't know where that came from. It felt awkward to say. Obviously, the Lord was just giving me a vernacular. He was giving me a way to express. You know, I said, well, you came to the right place. You know that our house is positioned on the corner at the entrance of our neighborhood, and we are the only house there. There's not a house on the other side of the, of the street, and there's not a house. It, we, it's a dead end. There's a house, but it's a gate. It's like a fence, and the house is down a little bit. So we're the gatekeepers of our neighborhood, and we've, we've always seen it that way. And we are engaging more and more with this idea of what happens here is our responsibility, and we are sent here intentionally to be just this for people who need us. Because they need the Lord, and who else is going to stand up and speak it? 
Arise and shine, for your light has come. Darkness is covering the earth. Deep darkness is already covering the people. You shine. And so I wanted to tell you this little story. It's a bit of my testimony. Because God gets to have his way when we're obedient and we're, when, when we're willing to run. I want you to be willing to run. And also not discount yourself because you don't think you know enough yet about the Bible. Did you know enough to get here? Yeah. Okay. You're at least there. You can bring someone with you here. Months ago, we talked about the five things you have to offer in terms of, you know, there's rock groups and there's serving teams and there's church attendance and there's discipleship. Like, we talked about these things. And there's salvation so if anyone remembers that and you're looking at your hands, what do I, what do I need to do here? And, and by the way, I should tell you also that I was praying to myself while he was talking to me, asking the Lord, what does this man need from me? I'll deliver it, but you've got to tell me what it is. And then he started talking about all this, and I, I was like, okay, got message received. And so praise God for that opportunity. Was it comfortable for me? No. Did I enjoy it? Not initially. I'm enjoying it now. I'm thankful now. As opposed to that one time I was at Winco and I heard the Lord speak, speak to this lady and I didn't do it and I had to repent later in the parking lot and ask him to send someone who would be obedient to now that I did take the opportunity. I'm so thankful that I did and I'm so thankful that God led him to us and we're ready. Amen. Make us ready, Lord. Take my lamp and set it on a hill. Set it on a lamp stand. Someone say, I won't be hidden. Because I shine in Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? Just for the next 90 seconds, we are going to entertain the idea that you are all sent by God to those around you. They're not far away somewhere. You already know them or they're going to find you. Either way, you're not going to have to go very far. But no matter the distance, are you willing to run that far? That's the question. Because otherwise, it's just more words. And it doesn't matter how true the thing is unless it's applied. Who cares? Who cares? Doesn't make any difference. You're sent to make a difference on this planet. A difference in this time that we're on the earth before heaven so more people can get there and be with Jesus. That's his hope. And even, even today in the scripture we were, we were reading, Jesus is not on the earth anymore. But he sent his spirit to live in each one of us so that he can still impact and use his power through us if we'll allow ourselves to be used I think it's important for me not to say what you should say right now but I'll tell you the thing that you should be saying like okay and then I'll invite us all to pray out loud together so it should sound like some cacophony of we don't know what's going on just pray to the Lord out loud in the way that says I hear your word I know it's true. 
and I realize that I've got a part to play in it and I am submitting myself to not get ahead of you not fall behind you not get off track but to just walk in step with you knowing that you'll provide the words that I need I don't have to worry about it I will ask you to do this though I will ask you to lift your hands both of them as if you're reaching up to God and I want you to know that he will reach back to you London you're off the hook you just do the one he will reach back to you and lift you up as if Lord I'm trying to arise I'm I'm committing myself to arise show me who needs to hear how good you are and let me not trip myself up by all the things that I think I know hey God created all this and he created you and you're his son and that's beautiful that was all that was needed So let's pray all together right now, committing ourselves to be runners after people that God put right in front of us. Let's pray right now. Father, we come to you. We know that you're calling us to good things. We've heard your word today. Thank you for speaking it so clearly. Thank you for not letting me just sit here and continue to entertain myself to focus on things that I like or that I want or that I need or, or that would make me feel comfortable. But Lord, you shake me up sometimes and you call me to higher things so I can be useful to you. I want to be useful. I want to obey you. Even as the old song says, trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I want to, I want to trust you enough to obey you. I want the truth that I've heard to be applied. And so I devote myself to applying it, to obedience. If it's one little thing today, I want to start doing that one little thing. Lord, lead me. Help me. Show yourself to me. I believe I'm called. I want to live sent. I want to, I want to live compelled by love so that I don't leave people hanging or wondering or broken or desperate. I want to give them the answer in Jesus. I want to run. And I want to classify myself as a runner. I want to call myself a runner and not be ashamed because I call myself a runner and I'm not running. Lord, help me to run. We know it's you working us both to willing to do for your good pleasure. Help me run. And I will run. Thank you, Lord. And next week, I believe that we're going to hear some testimonies, some stories about who God put in your way that you took the time and you just sat with and you told them how good Jesus is. Amen? Amen. God bless you.